Hello and welcome to the Pack Mag Parents Podcast, your place to laugh and learn. Everything we do is to make the lives of everyday parents easier. Without further ado, let's welcome our hostess with the mostess, Bree James. Welcome back to the Pack Mag Parents Podcast. I'm Bree James, and on today's episode, I chat to Georgia Merch about how we can accept our imperfections and learn to love ourselves. Because as parents, it is so easy for us to start doubting ourselves, and we tend to forget all of the amazing things that make us unique and loved. Now, also remember to stay tuned for our weird, wacky, and wonderful world of parenting segment, as we have a lovely, heartwarming story that involves 400 grandmothers, a park bench, and fighting depression. And don't miss my Give It A Go challenge, as it's a great way to track your mental wellness. All right, let's get into today's show. So I know for a fact that as parents, we are too hard on ourselves. And unfortunately, the criticism we give ourselves dictates how we see ourselves and the world around us. So it's about time we understand and accept who we are and celebrate our true selves. So today I chat to Georgia Merch, who likes to define herself as a quirky corporate. So over her career, Georgia has learnt the key to any successful team is its people. And when they are at their best, their business is too. So she has worked with some of the best teams from organizations all around the world. And today she joins me on my PacMag Parents podcast to chat about what is holding us back from growing and how we can change the way we feel about our imperfections. So let's get her on Zoom. It's time to get to class. So tell me, Georgia, why are we so hard on ourselves, especially the mums in a parenting uh, situation here? Why are we so hard on ourselves? Mums, we're just, we are. We're really bloody hard on ourselves. So I, um, Brie, I'm in such a good situation at the moment because mine are 16 and 18, so I'm, I'm really out of the trenches. But being a parent of kids in general is hard work, but being a parent of younger kids is even harder. So, you know, they're young and gorgeous when they're babies and then we get into toddlers and, you know, and then they move over and you have the honeymoon period But and then the teenagers arrive but I think one of the reasons why we're really hard on ourselves is that um, as when we're exhausted it's harder to see things clearly so that's number one and when you're a parent of children and you're kind of juggling everything you're particularly tough on yourself because your defenses are down one of my mates Alessandra Edwards is a um, high performance expert and a naturopath and she sees a lot of mums all the time and for her it's a matter of building up Um, In order to build up their self-esteem, you also have to build up their physical self as well again because they're depleted. So that's one of the just very practical issues around why we're tough on ourselves. But being a parent or just in general, you know, when you're with other people or when you're in relationships and particularly, you know, children running around all the time, it's like having a mirror, right? It's like having a mirror where... um, and, And when we see all the things about ourselves that we don't like... Instead of actually acknowledging them, acknowledging them and give out, giving ourselves permission to be human, we fall into the drama trap. Have you heard about the drama trap? No, share. Okay, so uh, the drama trap is really a way of helping us see where sometimes we are making the situation more difficult than it needs to be. And so when we're tired and when we're tough on ourselves, we can fall into any of these three roles. And so, you know, for those of you listening, you can think about 
something in your world at the moment that just feels tiring. It feels hard work and to an extent you'd be wrapped if it wasn't there. So maybe don't think about the kids, but, you know, let's be honest, sometimes <laughs> it would be easier. Um, so the first one is kind of is that we call the perpetrator and the perpetrator is really, it's the bully. It's the one that cajoles, that pushes, that gossips, that tells people off rather than listening. It's kind of the, the person that's offending other people without being aware of it. So, and when we're exhausted and our, um, you know, our stress responses can go there quite quickly. The other role is a victim role where we tend to kind of martyr ourselves and we spend a lot of time feeling powerless, like there's nothing that we can do. We can't get ourselves out of this situation, uh, you know, and we feel hopeless and, and helpless. And the thing about being a victim is that, one, you're blaming other people or other things for the circumstance that you're in, so you never need to own it. But also, there's always something that we can do. And even changing our mindset is one of those things. And the third role that we play is the rescuer. And the rescuer is around about making things better for others. So it's making things better for the victim. Like, I, you know, it might be that, you know, you're dropping off meals to other people or you're looking after their kids. That's different. So that's a beautiful thing. But when you're rescuing and fixing other people's problems all the time, so difficult relationships that they're in or um, just challenging times, what happens is that person doesn't have to deal with their problems anymore because a rescuer is jumping in and fixing it for them. And when they're doing that, they don't have to focus on themselves anymore because they're all about everybody else. And so whenever we're playing any of those three roles, that's why life ends up being hard and we end up being hard on ourselves. I think mums, the rescuing one is probably the one that we do the most with our kids. We um, don't like to see them fail and it's sometimes easier for us to just do it ourselves and um, wait for our children to do it. So, yeah, I guess my next question would be how can we start accepting ourselves for who we are because it's, yeah, I think we're so hypercritical of ourselves these days. Yeah, yeah, we are. We are. And, and, and we all have seen books, we've watched TED Talks, we're listening to podcasts, we're doing all these things. Uh, but the one, the, the thing is that I've learned, and this is through the journey of right, doing the research around Flawsom, is that there's the, the start of accepting who we are is increasing our self-awareness. And that kind of might seem counterintuitive because you're like, I don't want to stare at my stuff because that actually just makes me feel bad a bit, feel bad. And so it requires an element of courage to see the light and the shadow of ourselves, so the, the good and the bad. Like, for example, um, you might get told all the time that you're really bossy. So that's the shadow, I suppose, the side of yourself that you might not be proud of. But the good part of that is that you're assertive. Yes. Or you might feel like you're often too emotional. And so you might say, that's my shadow, that's my dark side. But the good news is that you connect into your emotions, you know, or if you're chaotic, you're lively. And so the whole journey of self is actually acknowledging that if you're going to have a light, it's going to have a dark. It's like a tree standing in the field. Like, you know, a tree knows and in order to stand tall, it's going to cast a shadow. It doesn't go and punish itself and say, oh, you shouldn't be doing that. It actually just acknowledges that that's what it is. 
And I think one of the belief systems that we have is that things are good or bad and they're yes or no and we're really black and white in our thinking. And if we've created these expectations from our parents, from our friends, from our, you know, other mums that we watch or bosses um, that we should be more patient or we should be more calm or we should be less bossy. And all of that means it's taking away from acknowledging that sometimes we are like that and that's actually okay. So because if you think about it and think about some of the people, Brie, in your world and listeners, you can do this as well, that you're really drawn to people that you just actually really enjoy being in their company. And the thing is that we're often drawn more not to people's perfection, we're drawn to their acceptance of their imperfection. We're drawn to people who are comfortable in their own skin because they acknowledge the the light and the shadow of who they are. Does that make sense? Yeah, definitely. Definitely. We spend so much time pushing against who we are and that's the resistance that creates the stress rather than going, well, that's actually who I am. And I think perfectionism, you know, is a trait that's put into especially young girls and boys from a really, really young age is that we're expected and we put this expectation on ourselves to have that perfectionism, which is you're never going to be happy if you've got that sort of uh, that sort of trait uh, that you're feeding. Um, so what advice have you got for people listening that are getting triggered by this right now and going, you know, um, <laughs> they're finding it a bit hard to love themselves because we do need to love the, the light and the dark of us, as you were saying. So, you know, how can we embrace that darkness that we have and, you know, love and accept that about ourselves and also the yeah. light as well. So, yeah, the people listening right now that are having a bit of trouble Loving going, oh, good on you, Georgia. You and your good, positive, happy talk. And it's, you know, but I'm not, it's not putting your positive pants on. And it's also like, you know how he said these amazing memes and quotes in Instagram and Facey where it goes, you know, you are enough. Wake up today and know that you're enough. And it, it's true, right? That is true. But it's actually unhelpful to an extent if you don't know that yet because it's like saying to someone, just be happy. Or don't be sad. Like, so, so that's unhelpful. But understanding, so if you want to work out how you can actually love yourself more, it's doing the work on yourself. It is doing that personal journey. I don't think you can positive affirmation yourself into something. So it's understanding your beliefs about yourself and being brave enough to look into what's true and what's not true. And it's really, so, so we've had all these nurture experiences in life, good parenting, bad, good schooling, poor schooling experience, good friendships, poor friendships, all these things that have created belief systems around whether we believe we are lovable or not, or whether we believe we're good enough or not. And unless we actually can start reconciling and understanding where they're coming from and find out whether they're true or not, we're, we're actually going to always struggle with a lot of things. And if we don't, and so when we get wound up, so if you think about yourself like a, a jack-in-the-box, and a jack-in-the-box, if it gets wound up, has two choices. So one, it can explode on other people, so our poor partners or kids, <laughs> or two, it implodes on itself. 
And I think we're a lot like that until we start making peace with who we are. And so I reckon our purpose in life is to understand all the beliefs that we've created that means that we love ourselves less than we should. Mm. You're not as good as your brother or your sister or you let your friends down or you failed at English, therefore you're a failure. And so understanding that and doing the work around that is part of the process of doing that. And it isn't an easy process either, looking at the those things in yourself um, and having that honest conversation because, you know, we're good at lying it to ourselves sometimes. Yeah, we are. I, and I suppose to an extent, you're right, it isn't easy initially. It isn't. But um, I often say when we're doing these sort of flawsome life programs is that it's you've got to pick your pain. It's the pain of staying the same or it's the pain of growth. But either way... There's pain somewhere. So wouldn't you rather pick the one that gets you to the other side of more acceptance and more love? Mm. It's a great question and people should be asking themselves. So what are some of the things triggering us to holding back from growing then? Because a lot of uh, people are getting triggered, probably listening to this right now, and it's holding us back from growing. So what are some of these triggers? Yeah, so one of the, the part of the um, flawsome journey, which is really making peace with your flaws and being awesome because of them, is around understanding yourself. And the start of that journey is to understand what triggers you. So, um, you, Brie, you might have been in situations where, you know, you're hanging out with a whole group of people and, you know, and some people are being triggered by the conversation and other people aren't. Or you meet a new person and someone, you know, they go, oh, isn't she a great chick? And another person will go, you're kidding striving me bananas and so the thing about um the thing about understanding yourself is we get this feedback this information from the world all the time that we can choose to learn from or not and triggers is certainly part of that so there's there's a whole lot of triggers that you can identify so it might be so if, if i said to you i want you to think about some people that trigger you off that you find it kind of hard to stay in your calm space. Or they might think you're calm, but internally you're like, you know, you're, you're, you're going a bit mad. But it's not always the relationship. It's not always the person. So there could be other things like the content. So what they're actually saying is the thing that triggers you. It could be that, so, so for me, what I'm saying now could be triggering people. So it might not be me being the problem. It could be the content that they disagree with. It could be um, an identity trigger, which is uh, what you're saying challenges my sense of self and my ego really doesn't want to accept that, so I'm going to be triggered by it. Or even injustice, which, you know, injustice says that's not fair. And so in all of these triggers also, and there's more, but all of them can be learning opportunities for us to go, oh, what is it about that that's really set me off? So what is my belief systems and what are the things that I'm understanding where I'm actually having problems reconciling that and sitting in that in the first place? So the minute we start understanding our triggers or seeing our triggers firstly and owning them, that's taking us to a place of responsibility. That's taking us to a place of maturity. But in that place, we get to learn. We get to cut doing some exploration of understanding self in that. It's, it's great, uh, great work that many of us, you know, we get so busy as parents that we don't focus on ourselves and then that's why we're getting lost, I guess, sometimes. So, you know, I think you've 
definitely given us a lot to think about today um, with, you know, asking ourselves some really good questions so that we can move through some of these things. Because I know we all get triggered. Uh, I don't think there's anyone listening right now that isn't triggered by someone or we know that we trigger others. And sometimes, you know, I know for me, sometimes I can tell I've triggered somebody and it's got nothing to do with me um, why they're triggered. And I think that can be a bit upsetting for people. Have you got any ideas on how we can navigate that when we're knowing we're triggering people when we're just trying to be a good person, but for some reason that rubs people the wrong way? Mm. Because they're doing the same thing that we do, which is they'll be telling themselves a story about that situation that may or not be, be true. It might be, for example, if, you know, character traits can trigger us. So I remember, you know, um, years ago um, that I was in this room, I was working in this law firm and it was this big leadership meeting and I was the only chick there and we had a couple of blokes in there who were just massive egos, like big, like their egos walked into the room before they did. And just before they'd even spoken, I had my back up. I was like, all right, here we go. And, and I remember started seeing the pattern of me being triggered by men with egos. And the, the short version is it was my dad stuff. Like it was the thing that about dad that, that, that until I worked through those issues, I actually am not triggered by those types of characters anymore. So, but, so when you're seeing when other people are being triggered by us, that's not our work to do. But what we can say is share our intent, you know, by saying, hey, you know, I can see maybe something's going on here. Is everything okay? But we can't, where we've got to focus is our business and, and us doing our best work. But if we are triggering people, then there's an opportunity for us to maybe learn and find out about that. But you can't do that without asking. You can't make assumptions because you're making them all up. I see the, the most common trigger, I think, between mums is the, the working mum versus the non-working mom that they seem mm -hmm. to treat each other really beautifully. So what about those there? What can we, what so can I'd call that an identity trigger. So because there's something around your sense of being a mum is not enough. And that's that whole uh, saying where comparison is the killer of joy. As soon as we start comparing ourselves to... Um, you know, I could be doing it your way or you could be doing it my way or you're better than me or I am, all that sort of stuff. We actually, we're again falling into this place of um, of stress and we're falling into a place where, um, where we're basing our life based on how body else is living. And that actually just doesn't serve anybody else. So again, for me, if I'm in that situation, I'd be going, what is it about this that is triggering me? What belief systems do I have that is saying either one person's right or one person's wrong? It's a really great question to ask ourselves because I, I do see it happen all the time. And you just, it's a really great exercise you've just said then to try and get us to work through it because we can't change that other person. You've got to have that, uh, that strategy for yourself so that you can get by because it can upset you if you haven't really done anything. Um, so I love that strategy that you've just given us today. So you mentioned Flawsome a few times, which is your new book. Um, so how can uh, your new book help us change the way we feel about our imperfections? Well, the whole flawsome journey is really the journey of understanding self. And when you really have the courage to do that, one, you've got the tools and the um, flawsome takes you through doing that. But you have the courage to stare at your stuff and to go, oh, yeah, I'm not awesome at that. And that's okay. So that it's kind of getting you to the stage where you've got to recognise that your actual imperfections, inverted commas, the things that you're not good at, your flaws 
when you make peace with them, that becomes your superpower because that's the draw card for other people to be themselves. That's the draw card for really cool conversations to have it happen rather than those surface conversations. Like I, to an extent now, because I've been doing this for so long, I can't do conversations where people go, how are you? Yeah, good, I'm fine, I'm fine. Like I don't think that's actually how we're supposed to connect. But I think until we can connect with ourselves and be honest with ourselves about when we're okay or not okay or when we're upset by something and when we're not upset, until we can do that deep dive into ourselves, it's often really hard for us to really connect with others. So Flawsome takes us on that journey of understanding how we can go about doing that. It helps us rewrite some of the belief systems that we have about ourselves and it also helps us step into this place of permanent evolution and it's not like this big oh my god grand plan i've got to go i've got to go over here to the other side of the world no you don't you just got to take one day at a time look and learn look and learn and it's and we and it breaks it down and makes it much more simple than we need to be and then we realize actually we don't need to go and do and be and all those sort of things we don't need to learn anything more we don't need to be anything more we just need to learn to be ourselves and comfortable in our own skin. Perfect note to end on. Thank you so much, Georgia. If you'd like to find out more, it's georgiamerch.com, but we'll put that all in the show notes and uh, especially her brand new book, uh, Flawsome. Check it out. And uh, But thank you so much for being on the show today and sharing your amazing insights. It was really wonderful to have you. I loved being on it. The weird, the wacky and the wonderful in the world of parenting. Now, we all know how important face masks are in our daily lives now, but one problem that arises is the capability of being heard in conversation, especially during a phone call. So a Japanese company has unveiled a smart face mask that connects to smartphones and allows you to make calls and send messages simply by speaking into your mask. So the smart mask can also be used to project your voice in case you can't be heard through the mask. How awesome is that? Now, the next one is, is beautiful. So we found a story about 400 grandmothers who have been trained to deliver talk therapy to help with depression through the communities in Zimbabwe. Colorful benches have been placed around Zimbabwe as a destination for those struggling with mental illness to be able to reach out for help. So these grandmothers communicate through culturally rooted concepts that people can identify with to help strengthen and uplift their spirits. How beautiful is that? Researchers and designer Daniel Gottemeyer has created a plastic bird-like toy that can track pollution levels in its surroundings. So its purpose is to explore new ways to combat city air pollution as well as spark conversations between parents and kids about pollution and its effects on the environment. So when the canary is in an area with poor air quality, it becomes sick and requires the user to examine it using a smartphone to collect more information about the cause of illness in relation to pollution. Wow, what a way to teach our children about pollution. If you're loving the PacMag Parenting Podcast, then you'll love our other channels. Follow PacMag on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and Pinterest. It's time for Bree's Give It A Go Challenge. For this week's challenge, I want you to track your mood. Whether you struggle with mental illness or not, tracking your mood can be a great overlook on how your well-being is tracking 
whilst also finding out what makes you feel good and not so good. So give it a go. I want you to track your mood for a week. Pack Mag's tip of the week. Now, we all know the struggle of cooking with oil in a pan and the unexpected oil sparks that land straight on your hands. Well, this tip of the week may just solve this. I want you to grab an empty soft drink bottle and cut a quarter of the way down from the lid. Then I want you to make a hole in the lid large enough to slide your spatula handle through. Then simply slide the lid onto the spatula handle and using the quarter of your bottle you had previously cut, screw the lid neck onto the lid and bam you have your very own oil splatter protection mitt now it's plastic so it will melt so still try and avoid getting oil going everywhere of course but give it a go might be something you need to try it's a wrap what did we learn on today's show now we learned a lot of things today and the first one was when we see things we don't like about ourselves instead of accepting our imperfections as we are only human we fall into the drama trap. So this trap is where we make the situation way more difficult than it needs to be. And as Georgia mentioned, when we are tired and exhausted, we can fall into the following three roles. Now, number one was the perpetrator. So this is the bully, the gossiper, the one that may not know that they are bullying others around them. We tend to fall into this role when we are exhausted and stressed. Number two is the victim. And this is when we spend a lot of time feeling powerless. We can't seem to get out of this role as much as we try. We feel hopeless and helpless, and we tend to blame others for the situation that we're in. And number three is the rescuer. This is when we make things better for others, which can be a great thing. However, when you are constantly helping others fix bad relationships or challenging times, you tend to not focus on your own problems or ignore them as you've been too busy looking after everyone else. So whoever we end up in one of those three roles, that's when life gets difficult and we start being hard on ourselves. And the last thing that I learned on today's show was for us to start accepting who we are, we need to become self-aware. Now, like Georgia said, there will be a shadow and a light in your personality. Now, the shadow may be that someone tells you you are too emotional, which you may hate to hear, but the light in that situation is that you are connecting to your emotions. So the whole journey of self-discovery is acknowledging that there isn't a light without the darkness as well. So I love George's analogy that a tree knows to stand tall and it will cast a shadow, but it doesn't go and punish itself for having a shadow. Well, that's the end of another show. I hope you love this episode as much as we enjoyed putting it together for you. A big thank you to Georgia for coming on the show. What an amazing woman. And remember, any important links can be found in the show notes, but a big thank you to everyone else who made our podcast possible today. Now, until next time, happy parenting. And don't forget to tell everyone you heard it on PacMag. Thanks for listening to today's show. If you want to be an expert guest or you've got a weird, wacky or wonderful product to share, don't be shy. Get in contact with our team at info at pacmag.com.au. This podcast is proudly produced by PacMag. You can listen to more episodes on our website, pacmag.com.au.